Amen, amen, amen. Are you excited? Tell your neighbor you're excited. Amen. It's good to be back. Good to be back at Res Life, where Jesus is alive. Amen? Did you bring your Bibles? All right, open up your Bibles. We've got to get started. Pastor said to have you out of here by 9 o'clock. So we're going to be moving really fast, okay? Because I want to get everything in, all right? And so uh, uh, we're going to start with 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, some of you, how many of you were here nine years ago? Yeah, okay, a lot of faith sitting out there, amen. Let me tell you a little bit about, about me real quick, and I'm going to have my wife Kathy stand up. This is my wife of 48 years, amen. Yeah, amen. We travel, I travel, been traveling uh, 38 years now around the world, uh, been in over 3,000 and some churches. I still teach on the ministry of helps. You know, people always ask me, don't you think the body of Christ has heard it now? Well, you haven't met the people I've met because I'm still being asked, is it in the Bible? Brother Buddy, is it in the Bible? I'm being asked by pastors, is it in the Bible? Uh, one the, uh, theologian professor of 50 years said this was the first time he ever heard a teaching on the ministry of helps. He really didn't know it was in the Bible. And so I'm still teaching on what God has placed in my heart, helping people realize that there is more to church than just driving to a building, sitting in a room, smiling at pastor, giving him all your money and going home. Can I have one amen? God's not in the business of raising up an audience. He's in the business of raising up a mighty army. So tonight, tonight, I, again, I'm going to show you the ministry of helps. It's in the Bible, and I'm going to prove to you there's a rumor going around the world today, this is true, that Buddy Bell made up this ministry of helps. I'm going to prove to you tonight I did not make it up. So we're going to find it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and, and we'll start in verse 28. It says, and God has set some in the church. Now, that's where I want to be. I want to be in church. You know, a lot of people on Sunday just go to church. I want to be in church. Look at your neighbor and smile and say, and I know who he's talking about. Amen. It says, and God has set some in the church. First apostles. Now, I don't know about you, but I thank God for the apostles. Amen. I'm not one, but I thank God for them. Amen. Then it goes on and says, secondarily, prophets. Now, I don't know about you, but I thank God for the prophets. I'm not one, but I thank God for them. Amen. Then it goes on and says, thirdly, teachers. And I thank God for people that can teach the word of God. Amen. Then it goes on and says, after that, miracles. Now, at Res Life, do you still believe in miracles? That's good. Amen. Then it goes on. Then it says gifts of healings. Now, uh, do y'all still believe in, in that God heals today? Amen. <laughs> You're the wild bunch, aren't you? Amen. You're the wild bunch. Amen. Now, what's that next little word there after healings? Now, do you understand why I still teach it? Just a few of you saw it. It helps, 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 helps. But, but over the years, I know why this is happening. This is where a lot of people blink when they're reading this verse. They're wide-eyed when they start reading it. Oh, yeah, apostles. Oh, yeah, prophets. Oh, yeah, teachers. Oh, yeah, miracles. Oh, yeah, gifts of healings. Oh, yeah, diversities of tongues. And they blink over helps and governments. Listen, I know a lot of blinking Christians. Yeah, been to a lot of blinking churches too, Amen. Look at your neighbors and say, we're not a blinking church. 
but there it is. It's in the Bible. Do you see it in your Bible? And also, do you see that God set it into the church? No man made it up. Buddy Bell didn't make it up. Buddy Bell read his Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, read your Bible. And over 30 some years ago, I discovered the ministry of helps that it's a supernatural ministry. People say, Brother Buddy, how can you call the ministry of helps a supernatural ministry? Well, it's pretty easy. A supernatural God set it into the church. Amen. So that told me that wherever I'm at serving in the ministry of helps, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm serving as an usher, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm serving as a greeter, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm cleaning the church, I can expect the supernatural. When I'm serving in the nursery, I can expect the supernatural. Listen, there were many times when I served in the nursery, when I opened up certain diapers, I was believing God for the supernatural, amen. For our supernatural wind to go blowing through that place. Why is it the nursery has ventil- doesn't have ventilation? Why is it the nursery doesn't have a window you can open up and let God's fresh air go blowing through that room? Can I have an amen? But wherever you're at serving in the ministry of helps, you can expect the supernatural. Amen. Now, let me give you the W.E. Vine's definition for the ministry of helps. It goes like this. It's as one of the ministrations in the local church by way of rendering assistance or especially of help ministered to the weak and the needy. Did you hear me? If you are rendering assistance in any way in the church, outside of the church, if you're giving help to the weak and the needy, ye, my brother and sister, you are operating in this supernatural ministry, the ministry of helps. And listen to this, you're operating in a ministry is just as valid, just as anointed as if God had asked you to be a prophet. Thank you for that one weak amen. But we'll have at least four strong ones by nine o'clock, amen. Why? Because our God is not a respecter, but I've been asking churches all over the world, what happened to us? Why do we respect some higher than we do others when we're in this thing together? Can I have an amen? Tell your neighbor we're in this together. Now, now, please understand my heart. I, I didn't say that to take anything away from prophets. I thank God for prophets. If there's a prophet here today or watching online, my prayer for you is that you profit. Just be what God wants you to be. Why? Because we need every member and we need every part of the body. Can I have an amen? Now, let me give you another definition that uh, 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 Pastor uh, uh, Dwayne uh, seems to uh, uh, covet greatly. And uh, this, this definition was written in the 1800s by a Pentecostal holiness preacher by the name of Godbay. He wrote a commentary on the New Testament. And this is how he defines the ministry of helps. People who render assistance, people who give help to the weak and the needy. He starts off with the word O-H-O. And it's not O. You know, that's how a lot of people respond to rendering assistance, giving help to the weak and the needy. Oh, why do they always call me? And on top of that, who gave them my phone number? When I go to churches, I often ask people, you know, what do you do here in your church? I'm excited when I ask people that question. Typical answers and responses over the years have been, oh, brother, buddy, I'm a bucket passer. Somebody's got to pass the buckets in our church. Our pastor's always taking offerings. <laughs> I'm not making these up. I asked another person one day, I said, what do you do here in your church? I'm excited when I ask people that question. And this person responded and said, oh, brother buddy, I'm a dirty diaper changer. 
Somebody's got to change the dirty diapers in this church. And tell you the truth, if I didn't, I think some of these babies would never get a clean diaper. Now, now I knew what that nursery worker was talking about. I've served in the nursery. I know what a dirty diaper looks like has been left on all night. All that mother did on Sunday morning was grab that baby, wrap a blanket around it, took off for church, and prayed that Brother Buddy and a clean diaper would be in the nursery. Amen. Listen, when I served in the nursery, I had this motto. You bring them in full, yeah, you'll take them home full. Amen. Can I have an amen from the nursery workers? <laughs> amen. But, but brother God, but he don't start off, oh, in his definition. But he starts off, oh. Y'all don't look at me like that. Some of you are looking at me like, where'd they find you, brother buddy? Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where all preachers come from. Amen. But brother God starts off excited. Let, let me help you out. It's the same excitement that you experience when the prophets show up in your church. Hmm. I wonder if a prophet came tonight and was going to preach how big the crowd would have been. Look at your neighbor and say, he's really talking to those people behind us. <laughs> Listen, church, you don't want to become a respecter in the body of Christ. We're in this together. I thank God for prophets, but I also thank God for nursery workers and ushers and greeters. Amen. We're in this thing together. Everyone that, we, that renders assistance, that gives help to the weak and the needy, they serve in a mighty ministry, a supernatural ministry called the Ministry of Helps. But Brother God Bay starts off excited. He starts off, oh, the infinite value. Listen to his words. The infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along when, when red to hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled hosts. Whew. What a definition for a dirty diaper changer, amen? What a definition for a bucket passer, amen? What a definition for all the people that keep this great church alive and the lights on, amen? Look at your neighbor and tell them again, we're in this together. Let me go through it one more time. He starts off excited. You know, I was talking with the, uh, the ISOM class, you know, um, some people don't understand me, it seems, that they don't understand why I can be excited about a nursery worker just like I am for a prophet. And uh, I shared this with them. I said, the reason that Buddy Bell can be excited about a nursery worker just as much as he is about a prophet, and, and, and you know, I was sharing with them, I don't know how many times this has happened, I've had people at churches will take me off to the side and say, now, now Brother Buddy, I want to I wanna ask you a question, I want you to be honest with me. You know, like, like I'm standing up here lying to people, you know. And, uh, but you, you're really not that excited about nursery workers, are you? I said, excuse me, I'm going to step back. The wrath of God is coming through here. <laughs> Amen. And I, I can see it on your faces. 
I can see some of you. You're, you're, uh, I, don't, I don't see how you could. Well, I'll tell you how. When I look at a nursery worker, I, I don't see a nursery worker. I see Jesus. When I look at an usher, I don't see an usher. I see Jesus. When I look at a prophet, I don't see a prophet. I see Jesus. When I, when I look at an apostle, I don't see an apostle. I see Jesus. When I look at somebody that cleans the church, I don't see somebody that cleans the church. I see Jesus. And see, I'm excited about Jesus. Amen. And that's how I can be excited about every member and every part of the body. Listen, if you're a prophet, I say, go prophesy. Amen. You tell me you're a nursery worker, I say, go find a dirty diaper. Amen. If you say you're an usher, I say, well, find a bucket. Let's take an offering. Amen. You know, if, it, if you say you clean the church, I say, well, go find a vacuum and, and let's sweep the floors. Amen. But when I look at you, I see Jesus. Amen. And that's how I can be excited about every member and every part of the body. And I believe that's why Brother Godby can, oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along when? When red to hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. Woo! Man, that ought to give you a Holy Ghost goosebumps. Man, that ought to make you want to say, Pastor, Pastor Dwayne, where's a dirty diaper? Let's go. Amen. <laughs> Two of you want to do that. All right. Turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. And it's great being back with Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie and see all that's happening and, and his hair's turning gray just like mine. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. It says, And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Okay, we're coming up short on some assistance here. Okay, we're coming up short on the ministry of helps. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Now, let me help you with this statement. They are not stating that they will not serve tables. They are not saying that. You know, they're not saying, well, I've done that. I don't know, over the years, I don't know how many times, you know, I ask someone to do something. Well, I, I've done that. Like they can't do it again. You know, they've already done it. Look at your neighbor and say, they're, they're sitting right behind me. <laughs> Pastor Duane is not Superman, and Jeannie is not Wonder Woman. Amen. You know, but I, I've been to churches where the attitude is pastors are supposed to do everything. That's why we pay them, brother buddy. They're supposed to do everything. Well, pastors cannot do everything. And that's what they're saying here. We can't do it all. I mean, Pastor Duane and Jeannie, their hearts the, it, is, is servants. Amen. Is to serve. But they can't do it all themselves. And so they said, wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually prayer unto the ministry of the word. So we got a plan here. But look at this. And the same pleased the whole multitude. Now, if you're here tonight or if you're watching online and you've never seen a miracle in the Bible, here's your first miracle. 
everybody was pleased. And I, I'm a type of person, if it's in the Bible, then it's possible today, too. Amen. And I hear too long ago, the Holy Ghost, he, he said to me, he says, uh, well, buddy, why, why do you think they were all pleased? And I thought, well, let's, let's look at what, what happened. It says, wherefore, brethren, hmm. The reason they were all pleased, because everyone was involved. Everyone was involved. They had a part. In this, they said the same pleased the whole multitude. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and five of the guys they ran around with. Why couldn't they have names like Buddy and Fred and George and (laughs) whom they set before the apostles? And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Well, they must have been. Were they sick? Were they? Did they have diseases? Did they have to get healed? Before they could serve God? No. There's other reasons why we lay hands on people. Amen. But please understand what I'm about to say here. And I I hope I come across okay with this. But (laughs) they were just serving tables. Come on. They were just helping with the widows. And they bring them before the apostles. And the apostles prayed over them? And then they laid hands on them? I mean, come on. They're just serving tables. They're just helping with the widows. In my travels around the world, I often ask pastors, when was the last time you prayed over your nursery workers and laid hands on them? When was the last time you prayed over your children workers and laid hands on them? When was the last time you had a special laying on a hand service just for those who serve in the church? Or was your last special laying on a hand service, you were sending sister and brother so-and-so off into full-time ministry? They found those who said, yes, I want to do something for God. And that something was serving tables and taking care of the widows. But I wouldn't be surprised if, if, you know, uh, there was this attitude, which I've heard in the church before. Well, at least they're doing something. I've heard that over the years. Well, did you hear Brother Fred? He, He signed up as an usher. Hallelujah. Praise God. At least now he's going to do something for God. Have you ever heard that? I've heard that. Stephen and Philip said, I'll do something to the five friends. I'll do something. And you know what, church? That's all God's looking for. For people just to do something. And what will happen? Look at this. After they laid hands on them. It says, and the word of God increased immediately. And the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Immediately, the word of God increased. Now, over the years, I've heard different ministers say that at this moment, uh, uh, a greater knowledge of the word of God began to pour into the church. That sounds good. I believe there was an increase of the presence of God. You know... 
when, when 10 people show up for an outreach, that's great. But when 100 or 200 show up for an outreach, we've increased the presence of God. Amen. You know, church, sometimes we don't fully understand the, the passion of our pastors. Why they want more out of us than just attendance, just being here. You know, over the years, I, I've had many people say, well, pastor, I'll just be happy I show up. Well, he's not. He's not just happy you show up. Why? Because his heart, his passion is to increase the presence and the love of God in this city and in the state and in the world. You know, my question to you tonight is, well, why are you here? Why'd you come? 99% of you would give me the same answer. Well, God told me to be here. Well, then I've got a question. Why does God want you here? It must be for a purpose that he has you here. And here's something else to think about. Somebody else could be sitting in your seat here tonight. So my question is, why did God pick you first? There could be somebody else sitting there, but you're there. You know what? I'm going to let you in on something. I think God knows something about you that you don't know. But if you'll start moving for God, you'll find out what God has for you. See, all God is asking is just, just do something. You know, over the years, I, I don't know how many times I've, I've heard people make this statement, but it wasn't here till recently that someone said it to me with such sincerity that it really, really grabbed me. And, and the statement was, I, I hear it a lot, Brother Buddy, if I could just figure out what God wants me to do, Brother Buddy, I would, I would do it with all my heart. Over the years, I don't know how many times I've heard that statement being made. But it wasn't here till recently when someone said it to me, and they were so sincere. And God showed me something. This person looked at me, and they were so sincere. They said, you know, Brother Buddy, if I could figure out what God wants me to do for him, Brother Buddy, you know, I would do it with all my heart. I looked at this person, and I said, you know... The devil's got you in neutral. He's got you right where he wants you. You're not doing nothing. Amen. And all God wants is just do something. Over the years, I've had people say, well, I'll tell you what, when God does something, I'll do something. And I say, well, you got it backwards. God is just waiting on you to do something. Church, I don't know how to get, it, get this across to you any simpler than this. Quit, quit trying to figure it out. You're in neutral. You need to put it in gear. Thank God you're in a church that has something for you to do. And that they want more than just you showing up and holding the chair down. Amen. Just do something. Look, 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 look at this next verse. Prove this out. Verse 8. And it says, and Stephen. Remember Stephen? He's just serving tables, helping with the widows. It says, and Stephen, 
full of faith and uh, where'd that come from? Didn't mention power before when we talked about Stephen. It wasn't until after. I'll help with the widows. I'll serve the tables. I'll do something for God. I'll be an usher. I'll be a greeter. I'll clean the church. I'll be at the next outreach. And now Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Let me read it to you in the Amplified. Listen to this. It says, now, Stephen. Now, that means, now means something happened before. What, what was going on before? I'll, I'll help with the widows. I'll serve the tables. I'll do something for God. Now, Stephen, full of grace, divine blessing and favor. Now, listen to this. And power. What's this power? It's strength and ability. Worked great wonders and signs, miracles among the people. Have you ever, have you ever heard this? Well, well you know, I, I'd like to do that, but, but, but I don't think I, I could do it. Yes, you can. You've got it in here. You've got power in here. You have strength and you have ability. But God is waiting on you to flip the switch. Just do something. I'm going to say it again. Quit trying to figure it out. Let God surprise you. Kathy and I have been traveling for 38 years around the world. Amen. I'm in places and gone places. And on the way up here to Michigan, I, I look at Kathy and I said, can you believe it? I mean, we're an old dirt farmer from Illinois, a little town of 1,200 people. And look what's happened all these years. I don't know about you, but I, I love surprises. Amen. I quit a long time ago trying to figure God out. Okay. I have. My heart is I just want to do what God wants to do. I just want to do something. And that's how I started. I was going to a church, and, and the pastor would ask for volunteers. And, and, and at first, I didn't volunteer because I didn't think they would want me. Because I was in a, a church where there were Bible school students that, that would read the Bible and study the Bible all day and pray all day. You say, how do you know that? Because they went around telling people all the time. Amen. <laughs> and I'm not against that. Amen. But, 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 and this is a true story. And I thought, well, they wouldn't want me because I don't read the Bible all day. I don't pray all day. I had a family. I had a job. They wouldn't let me read the Bible on the job and pray all, all day on the job, you know. And so I figured they'd want those people. God would want those people. But nobody volunteered. And, and next week, the pastor asked again, need some volunteers. And I, and I talked myself out of it. I thought, well, they, they wouldn't want me. But then the third week, you know, uh, he asked again, and I sat there and I thought, well, you know, I want to do something. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I used to go to church, and I'd, I'd come in, sit down, listen to the pastor, and, and, and give him all my money and go home. And, and I'd say to myself, there's got to be more. Man, there's got to be more than this. And I'll be honest with you, I thought, this is it, forget it. But see, my heart was, I just wanted to do something. And they gave me an opportunity to do something. And I raised my hand. Now, this is a true story. I raised my hand, and I thought, 
If pastor says, oh, oh, we got, oh, <laughs> it's Buddy Bell. Well, Buddy, just, I want to thank you for raising your hand, but you know, you don't read the Bible that much and you don't pray that much, and, but, but I want to thank you that at least you raised your hand. And I'm serious. If he had said that to me, I would not, I wouldn't have got upset. I wouldn't have stomped out of church because I would have agreed with him. But you know what? He didn't say that. My heart was, I just wanted to do something for God because he's done so much for me. And when I took that step, I released that power on the inside of me, that strength and that ability on the inside of me. I teach in 25,000 Bible schools around the world in over 70 different languages. Over 8 million people now have viewed my teachings in China. I have books, videos, and DVDs in thousands of churches around the world. And it all started because I wanted to do something for God. And when I began to do something for God, that strength, that ability on the inside of me was released through me. God's just wanting you to do something. I'll say it again. Quit trying to figure it out. Step out. Do something. And you'll be amazed where you end up. God will surprise you. Over the years, I've met people. Brother Buddy, I just, we just got involved. I just decided I'm going to get involved. And now I'm doing this, and I'm doing this. And I, I didn't think I could do that, and I didn't think I could do this. And why? Because you released that power on the inside of you. And that strength and that ability begin to grow on the inside of you as you continue to do something for God. Let me end with this. Turn to Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7 in verse 55. It says, but he, now he is Stephen. Stephen is about to be stoned to death, okay? He's the first martyr in the Bible, okay? It says, but Stephen... Being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly in the heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Now, I don't know why this has not been brought forth to the body of Christ. I don't know why uh, God has picked me to, 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 to bring this out. But uh, we have a misprinting in the Bible. And I don't know why this has never been brought to the people's attention before. See, I was taught, you was taught, when Jesus went to heaven, he is sitting on the right hand of God. Am I right? He's sitting on the right hand of God. But, church... I'm here to tell you tonight, th this is not a misprinting in the Bible. Are you hearing me? It's not a misprinting in the Bible. But it is the only place in the Bible where it was written that Jesus stood 
for someone when they entered in to heaven. And who did he stand for? I'll help with the widows. I'll serve the tables. I'll be an usher. I'll be a greeter. I'll help in the outreaches. I'll do something for God. And Jesus stood to his feet when Stephen entered in. Would you stand up with me? Hallelujah. This has been the, the, the cry of my heart because I've heard it for so long and I've met so many people that spend hours and just waste time trying to figure God out. Their heart is they want to serve. But their head tries to figure it out. Listen, let God figure it out. You just follow your heart. Amen. If you're here tonight and, and, and you're not serving in the church, and, and maybe you, you, you would say church is boring. You know, people will say that to me, church is boring. I meet, ask them, do you serve? No. I said, that's why it's boring. I said, that's why it's boring. I tell them, just, just do something. Oh, brother, buddy, you make it too simple. Quit trying to figure it out. Let God figure it out. There's no way I could have figured out to be at Res Life Church in 2019, back in 1974. There's no way. God had it figured out. He just said, buddy, I just want you to do something for me. Just something. You do that, and I'm going to have something over here for you to do. Yeah, you can do that. You did it, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I got something over here for you to do. Okay. I did that, so I guess I can do this. And it ain't me. I, I'm, I, I'm an old dirt farmer from Illinois. Didn't have running water inside bathroom until I got married. One of the main reasons I got married. Amen. <laughs> Graduated high school with a football diploma. Amen. Quit trying to figure it out. God, God, God figures it out. Amen. Just release that power. Release it. Let that strength and that ability rise up in you. And be surprised, just like we laughed on the way up here. Where we've been, what we've done. It's only because we begin to do something for God. And that's why, that's why, you know, people, they, they look at my God Bay definition and the, and the way I do it. And, and I mean that definition with all my heart. I believe it. Oh, the infinite value of the humble gospel helpers. Thousands of people have no gifts as leaders, but we are <laughs> number one helpers. How grand revival work moves along. When? When red hot platoons of fire baptized helpers crowd around God's heroic leaders of the embattled host. 
Amen. God doesn't make mistakes. You're here tonight because you know deep in your heart there's more. And God has more for you. And he's just waiting on you to do something. And thank God you're in a church that has so many different areas that you can begin to do something in. And that's what makes life exciting. When you start doing something for God, what's going to happen? It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful because you're, you're doing it for God. So quit trying to figure it out. God. Look forward to every day. Can I have an amen? amen? Well, let's close like this. I want everybody to turn to three people. Everybody say one, one. Two, two, three. Once you turn to three people, one at a time, okay, and I'm going to watch every one of you. <laughs> one at a time, throw your arms around them, give them a hug and go, oh, and you can be seated. Amen. Come on, I'm watching you.